0: Quizilla's new single Haze and now I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by Dr. Zach Weber out of the philosophy department. Hey doing, mate. I'm pretty good, how are you? Yeah, good. Really good. Uh so this is uh, I believe the first in our summer school interview series where here on uh Rodeo One we're gonna be chatting about papers on offer in the University of Otago's summer school. Uh when does summer school start? Yeah? It's like oh, sometime in January. Okay. <laughs> I know there are some pre-Christmas summer school papers, I don't know if that's just the law faculty, but this one here uh, today, uh, Philosophy 106, Radical Philosophy, uh, when's that that on offer?
1: That'll be on uh, mid-January through February. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, what can you say about the paper? All right, Uh, so the paper's called Radical Philosophy, and um, I don't know, the idea behind it I suppose is that there's certain things that you're not supposed to talk about in polite society and um we're going to talk about some of them because yeah, mm-hmm. that's what philosophy is all about so we're, we're looking at philosophers particularly who rebelled against uh, traditions in various ways um both traditions in philosophy and also just more generally um you know they they said let's step back and question some of the most basic assumptions we make about like where we get our values or what the right way to spend your time is or uh, what it what it is to lead a meaningful life and um they suggested that sometimes the answer is not what you've been taught, or especially not what your parents told you, or not what society has told you. So, uh, particularly philosophers from traditions like existentialism um, in the 20th century, people like Nietzsche, you might have heard of. Uh, and that's the basic idea, though, the thing. Um, I could tell you a bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's.
0: I mean, when you talk about uh, Nietzsche, or I guess a lot of these ideas, um, When we think about radical philosophy, are we talking about things that are cropping up in contemporary philosophy at all, or is it more a
1: historical perspective? Uh, So we're going to take somewhat a text-based perspective, right? Uh, This tradition of philosophy that we're working in uh, thinks it's really important to pay some attention to history and to the time and place things were said, and that ideas don't just sort of float around free of where they were said. Uh, So we're going to start, say, with a Danish philosopher called Kierkegaard. Mm Mm-hmm. In the 1800s, um, he's sometimes considered to be the, the first existentialist or the forerunner of existentialism, because um, uh, he had this idea that uh, there's this thing called angst, which gets translated as anxiety, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like what you just think of ang- as anxiety, but it's not uh, something you go see a psychologist about. It's this kind of philosophical anxiety. And uh, you know, Kierkegaard was worried about the fact that he was finite that like his life was going to come to an end at some point it's a little early in the morning to talk about that <laughs> but uh he was worried about that he was worried about things like uh you know he was a very religious man and mm-hmm. believed in god and thought that truth comes from on high but thought but i'm finite and if god is infinite how could i ever understand anything like that uh and that got him real worried and uh, he called that angst and that that kind of kicked off the tradition that we're talking about of people stepping back and saying Uh, You know, how do I really know um, what to do with my life? So, uh, yeah, we'll go from Kierkegaard and then into Nietzsche, who's also in the 19th century, the Mm. 1800s. And then to some 20th century philosophers like Jean-Paul Sartre in uh, France, who's kind of maybe the most famous existentialist. Yeah. Is it raining? No, well, that's the beautiful... uh I mean, I think uh, it kind of matches. It does. I, I feel...
0: I mean, when I when I picture Nietzsche, I see him, like, walking down a sort of drizzly German street. Yeah.
1: Look, this whole area, you know, especially once you start talking about French existentialism, it's mm-hmm. got this kind of stereotype, like people wearing berets and black turtlenecks and smoking cigarettes and feeling angsty, right? <laughs> um, you know, and that's, that's involved to some extent. Um, and it kind of became almost a fashion statement more than yeah. anything else in the middle 20th century. But there's some real serious thought behind it, and... um it's the sort of thing that like people might think about even if they've never taken a philosophy paper at university. Just like, yeah. all right, I'm 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 getting to be an adult. I I only have one life. I'm supposed to do something. My parents kind of told me I should just get a job and buy a house and have some kids. And like, do I really want to do that? And sure. um, if that makes you feel angsty, uh, you're not alone. And, yeah. and there's philosophers who have given that a lot of thought. So we want to talk about that.
0: Um. So it says here that uh, a study of radical ideas about the human condition, freedom, uh, and we've got existential, existentialism, and we've also got feminism here. Uh, how do we conceptualize feminism both as a radical philosophy and, I guess, at the same time, today it would be
1: considered mainstream, no? Yeah, well, look, the word radical here is um, saying, like, the, the meaning of the word is to go back to the roots of things mm. um, and questioning things from the very base Uh, So, particularly someone like Simone de Beauvoir in the 20th century was working with Sartre as well. Um, You know, started talking about, what was that, first wave feminism? Mm -hmm. Um, The place of uh, women in society. And, um, you know, there's real concern amongst these philosophers about uh, the role of the body. Mm -hmm. That philosophers, traditionally, going back to like the ancient Greeks, almost think of yourself as like this disembodied mind that just happens to be trapped in a body and uh, existentialism and phenomenology um, is concerned with saying no we want to describe the world that we find ourselves in and, the, and life as we experience it and that a lot of times involves having a body um, so pointing out that some bodies are shaped differently than others and that can really affect one's experience of the world and how people treat you um, becomes much more urgent, right? Like, not all people are shaped the same, and that actually matters. So that's kind of where feminism gets into it. Yeah, um, interesting.
0: Um, uh, this is definitely something I'd be so interested in taking if I wasn't wrapping up my studies at the end of this year. Are you you pretty excited to be teaching it? I mean, it's a bit of a departure
1: from what you've uh, typically been teaching down at the philosophy department. Yeah, we are excited about teaching it. Um, th- so the philosophy department up till this point has offered a lot of papers um, in what's sometimes called analytic philosophy, where you know, you're concerned with understanding what the world is like, and that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, this style, this is kind of a different tradition of philosophy that we haven't offered anything on in the past, and I'm excited about it because uh, it's concerned not with like, breaking down the world, but um, just describing it mm-hmm. and, and leaving the human in the picture. Yeah. So rather than just saying, like, what would the world be like even if there'd never been any people... Saying what's it like to be a person in the world, and um, yeah, you know, if you don't provide that part of the story, then you're not given the whole story about what it is to to live a life. So For sure, um, we're excited about engaging in that that kind of tradition. Definitely,
0: fantastic. So, do you know how people will go about uh, enrolling in? I guess go down. There's a summer school office, I believe, down uh, if you go down to the
1: in the link like admissions people there probably help you out yep um i mean i think e-vision uh, for people who are already enrollment students is how it's how it's done these days yes that's it's, right you know it's, it's all computers uh, it's <laughs> very true um but uh, you know things about the the paper itself like if you take it um most of what we'd be asking you to do is to do some writing um mm-hmm. so i think philosophy is done by you take some you talk to people you listen to your lecture you talk to the other people in class and then you sit down and do some writing on your own yeah. so we're gonna ask you to kind of keep a journal and um, do a little bit of writing every week just about what we've been talking about to get your own immediate reactions to it and really see what you think um, and that will help you engage with the ideas better and it will also make you better able to communicate just in writing for whatever else you go on to do with your life whether it's more philosophy or something else yeah um, it's uh, Yeah, about 60% of the assessment for the paper would just be writing essays and short short journal entries.
0: For sure. All right, well, thank you so much uh, for coming in and having a chat about it. I've uh, done a bit of summer school in the past. I can say, uh, regardless of what papers you're taking, it's uh, incredibly rewarding. It's a, quite a good time to get a few papers under your belt. The paper is Phil 106, Radical
1: Philosophy. Uh, anything you w- else you want to say about it, Zach? Uh, I guess I just want to throw in the last thing is that, um, you know, Sartre said that the most exciting thing, the most radical thing is that we're, at the end of the day, we're completely free, mm-hmm. that um, whatever whatever tradition you were born into, wherever you find yourself, at the end of the day, your life is your responsibility, and that's that freedom is a good thing, and it's a heavy thing, and it's something that uh, I think everybody should spend at least a little bit of time thinking about sometime in their life, maybe like Certainly. six weeks over the summer.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right, I'm going to...